Well, saints and sinners, in part two of my interview with Anita Naylor, we'll talk about COVID as this was recorded just when the crisis was beginning. So you'll get a chance to look back and see our perspective at the time. We'll talk about the effects of COVID on the church and she'll give her advice to those of you who are just beginning your spiritual walk. Join us for part two. It's gonna be just as good as part one and we look forward to you joining us. So a month ago, this was a different country. Oh uh, gosh. You know, we were all hanging out, we were going to church, we were going I to study, you know, we were hugging and Joe Biden was hugging everybody and <laughs> it was all good. <laughs> you know. I know. You could talk to somebody up close and just say, man, that guy's bad breath. He didn't think, oh, I'm going to be dead next week. Um, yeah. Yeah. How has the, uh, well, first of all, what do you think about the coronavirus? Is there some biblical message? Is this just sort of a, you know, a lottery came up? We came up losing numbers this time. Uh, and how has it changed? If How has it changed, if anything? And keep in mind. I think where you're at in rural um, Georgia, right? You're in a rural area for the right. most part? Uh, yes. It might be a little bit different there at this point, just in terms of the way the, 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 the disease is progressing and, and your governor's uh, right. uh, reaction to it. But but talk about how things are different or not different and your general impression of what is a biblical plague. <laughs> uh, well, I believe that this was God has a lot to do with this. Because as we look at the world today, especially number 45, um, him and Congress feel that they control a lot of things. And this is the first time in years, centuries, decades, that the whole world has been put on hold. I was looking at something, because I don't look at the news a lot. I don't look at a lot of social media because I don't want to get tainted by what people say and believe about what's going on. But I saw something my cousin put out and he said, everything happens within 40s in the line and eyes of God. 40 days of fasting, 40, day, 40 um, years in the wilderness, um, 40 days that Moses was on the, um, the rock. You know, all these different things were 40. Meaning that there were things that happened in the biblical times that impacted the world, just like we had the floods mm -hmm. um, back in the day. Um, there's things that happened, the plagues when Pharaoh didn't do what he's supposed to be doing, the locusts and famine and all those different things. These things happen. But one thing I'm noticing is that even people who are religious or spiritual or what, whatever they're calling themselves, they were not prepared. Me and my friends and family, we were prepared. And what I mean by prepared is constantly laboring with God, staying in tune. So when this happened, we didn't panic. We're not perfect in the scheme of this, no. But we was taking care of our bodies. 
we were fasting and praying. We were not looking at a lot of social media and news influencing us on what's going on, what's being said, what's being done. We weren't doing all of that. And so when this happened, then it's like, oh my God. I also think about when the young Bush was president. And I think it was a pen, the pending war that we were going to go into. And remember, we had the red light, the green light, and the yellow. Do you remember that? No. In okay. Terms, terms, so In terms of going to war? Okay. I think it was war. I'm not sure, but it was always an alert. So he would, when he came on the television, oh, you always had the lights. You're talking about the um, threat level after 9-11. Okay, so that okay, the threat the threat level. So wasn't that part of the war that we could be attacked again or something well, like that? Well, I mean, we could be mixing up two different things. I remember after nine eleven, if there was if they thought there was a credible threat, they would raise the uh, alert status from yellow to red in some instances. Or okay, the yellow. Okay, so it okay. right. Okay, so it was that. And so what was interesting for me was we always stayed in red. So. I think the thing is, just like this, I'm not saying it's not deadly, but to me, AIDS was just as bad. Um, you had other diseases that were just as bad. And it's like, why this one is supposed to be worse than anything else that has occurred? I can answer that. I, I, okay. There's two reasons. Um, one, okay. one is it spreads a lot easier than AIDS. Uh-huh. You have to take uh-huh. off your clothes and do something to catch AIDS. Um, uh-huh. The other one is you can walk around feeling fine and be spreading the virus. I, I feel fine right now. But if I could be what they call a vector, someone who's spreading the virus, and you wouldn't even know it. You don't have to be sick to spread this thing. You can be, it's called asymptomatic. You can be, your temperature could be fine and you could be spreading the virus. So, so the difference between this virus, there are a lot of differences between this virus and AIDS and, and some of the other viruses that have happened. But uh, two of the, first of all, they don't know everything about this virus yet. Correct. So um, before, you know, now we're all wearing masks. Um, they're not sure how uh, easy this virus spreads, although when it first came out, it was surface only. But more importantly, you can feel fine and be spreading this virus. You can be asymptomatic and be talking to someone and cough or sneeze or even droplets, and you could be spreading the virus and not know that you are spreading the virus because you feel fine. So that's how that's one reason this thing spread so quickly. Um, this is a lot more deadlier than AIDS. Well, I don't know about that, um, but because they didn't know what they didn't know how was, AIDS was being transmitted at first either. Yeah, but AIDS was a sexually transmitted disease. This can be spread. This can be spread through coughing or sneezing. But wasn't and also and AIDS was just through blood as well? Yeah, that too. But yeah, again. Right. It, it's, you it, like I said, you it was an invasive process to catch AIDS, you know, right. it was blood transfusion, sex, 
And I guess that's about it. This one, I could be talking to you and my droplets can infect you. Correct. Uh, the other story right. that shocked me, did you hear the story of the church in Southern California, the choir down there? No, what happened? So they had choir rehearsal. I think it was late March. And they they did the uh, social distance deal. Okay, uh, six feet between all the choir members. All right. Mm -hmm. And they had choir rehearsal. And I think out of 60 choir members. Whoa, that's a 20, lot. Yeah, this is a big choir, I guess. And my numbers could be wrong, but the percentages are not wrong. 20% of them caught coronavirus. Wow. Had a choir rehearsal. Now, so that means it's somebody, also is airborne too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mics and, I, mics and spit on the mics and yeah. Yeah, all that. I mean, I don't know what they did, you know, and all that stuff, but like 20% of the 20 or 30% of the choir got it and they were, mm -hmm. and they kept spatial distance between them. <clears throat> so that, that tells me something. And then I saw a, um, a rather scary, um, um, animation on YouTube mm -hmm. uh, that they modeled uh, some scientists from Sweden. They modeled the guy. It, so they had a, uh, it was a 3D representation of a person coughing in a supermarket. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they followed the cough and, and it spread like over two aisles from a mm, cough. Okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is different in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, the number of people being killed. And of course, you know, if you've got a pre-existing condition, like every black person in America has, um, and you're you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get killed. You're gonna die. Your weekend, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, yeah. not yeah. you know, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but you know, because of right. the nature of of uh, the way this country uh, treats us and our diets and and our habits. Yeah. And, our, yeah. our affordability and, and all that other stuff, we're now susceptible uh, to a higher death rate, I think, or at least catching it than, than most other folks. But anyway, I did hear that people of color was not even getting service in the hospital. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. I did hear that. I, I wouldn't. Well, yeah. And, and again, I bet it depends on what hospital you're talking about. I'm sure that's not happening right. in Oakland. Um, right. You know, I could easily see it happening in, in rural parts of Louisiana. Um, so anyway, that's how this is different uh, in, in my uh, in my mind. Uh, but back okay. to my original question, how has how has this particular uh, world event changed um, your perspective, if at all? So it sounds like you were prepared. You said you were prepared. Yeah, we, we were prepared. Um, we we're not, you know, for some reason, you know, people were like, are you guys okay? It's like, yeah, we're doing well. We're doing well. So, yeah, we were prepared. We were prepared. Yeah, mentally, yeah. spiritually, everything. I think, unfortunately, it, and you said earlier, you're not watching a lot of TV. Right. Um, so I told my son this was going to happen. And I told him there's going to be a lot of people dying. And you were going to see it on TV. But I was wrong. You're not seeing it on TV. They are telling some stories. Don Lemon damn near broke down last night. Oh, really? He was, okay. 
Oh, yeah. I would, to absorb the emotional impact, I would watch some of this awful TV when they talk about the people who have lost loved ones. Mm. Because this is different in that your loved ones are dying alone and because you can't get near them. And okay, so no he, he broke down. He oh, exactly. He broke down because it was someone close to him. No, he broke down because he was interviewing a mother and daughter who lost a sister, and lost her pretty quickly, and they couldn't get to see her. And Don Lemon, don't quote me on this. I think his sister died. Something happened to Don Lemon's sister like a, two years ago. She got killed or she died. Something happened real bad. Okay, I'll, I'll look and it he, up. And, okay. and he said, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my loved one. And okay. I, I know how that feels. And then I guess I, don't, I turned it off at that point because I know his next question was, you know, what do you have to, you know, can you tell me how, how that affected you? I don't know what it was, but I, I got the point. My point is, is that if you want to understand think we've lost 17,000 people. The, the 9-11 attacks was, I think, 3,000 people. Okay. And, and we're only halfway through this. We'll lose another X amount over another three months. We're peaking yes. now. Uh-huh. Um, I have, I'm from New York. I have relatives in New York. I'm scared for them. Um, I guess my point is, is that to understand, it's easy to emotionally shield yourself from the horror that is currently going on, but I'm not so sure that's a bad idea. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not so sure that's a good idea. I, I think in, I think to, to empathize and understand what God is doing, you need to listen to some of the people who are suffering. So, it, it, I think, and, and I this is not, this is going to sound mean, but I, I don't I don't want to take the time to to rephrase it. Mm-hmm. I think in the in the middle of Georgia, where there's very few cases, and you don't know a lot of people who who have it, it's easier to deal with than if you're in New York City and they're losing eight hundred people a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are right. two different levels of pain. Yes. <laughs> and, true. And, but but we're all one country and we're all God's people. Mm-hmm. And to I'm not advocating you sit in front of TV and become depressed. I am advocating that you understand what's going on because all the news media is doing is changing numbers on TV. That's and, and they're telling the same old story again. Not I don't say same old story. These are people dying. So they're telling stories of people whose loved ones are dying. And then on top of that, let's not forget. And I don't know you. You I'm sure you've had run in not run ins, but dealings with nurses, doctors, and and maybe unfortunately, uh, hospital clergy. But we are abusing these folks. Exactly. They're saving. We are. We're we're putting them in harm's way and we are um, we, we are subjecting them to conditions that we don't subject our fellow citizens to unless there's a war. 
Correct. And and <clears throat> so, I mean, as a prayer warrior, I think you actually have a responsibility to understand what these folks are going through and to pray for them. Well, and right. that's the thing yeah. I have, because the thing is, going through these Bible studies and stuff, that's what they're talking about. Um, they are, you know, talking about what's happening in the news and blah, blah, blah. And so we're hearing from it that way. Um, in addition to our family and friends calling us and sharing like you're talking about, but us to be privy to just sit and watch the news all day or watch social media all day. You know, I understand the crust of the heaviness of what's happening. To me, it's the same as the AIDS epidemic, where I pandemic, where I lost a lot of people through that. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's very heavy. It's really, really heavy, and and it's really unfortunate um, that this is occurring. The bright side is that. I'm I'm realizing and I'm hearing that people is making people spend time with each other is making people reach out to, to show they care about someone where at first they were too busy. It never crossed their mind or what have you. I have had exes. People I haven't talked to in years found my number and reaching out to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's making people come together. I was talking to someone the other day on the phone, um, trying to deal with some business. And the person said, yeah, he said, this is the first time you might see fathers and mothers and their children riding a bike or walking or being in the home. But the sad irony is also, there's a lot more alcohol being consumed and domestic violence as well. Mm -hmm. So I am aware of all of those things and I am praying about those things as well. Yeah. I, I have yet to have an ex call me. So I, I guess they just wish that I caught it and died. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah. I think you should be quite happy because um, I, I don't expect those calls. Um, no, I don't either because this is somebody who's married. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so on, on a positive note, what would you say to someone who's just beginning their Christian journey, uh, that you could tell them that they might not get told in the church? Cause you know, I don't know what happens after you walk up, you know, you say, I'm going to join and you walk up and they, they take you in the back and, <laughs> you know, everybody, you know, everybody's happy. You know, and it's all great. <laughs> and, and and then and and what they don't tell you is that's that's the best day of your Christian life right there. Um, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you and tell someone who's just considering, or or maybe it's you know left and and once it's thinking about coming back, what, what would you say to someone in, in that regard? In that regard, what I would say to them is that. That's the beginning of their lives and that they have to learn to focus on their own relationship with God, not to get caught up in what someone tells them to do. They have to really search God for themselves because there's going to be times where they are, might be hurt, 
where they feel they can't trust the message or the messenger. And so they will have to be able to cultivate their own relationship. That's a, that's a key thing. That's what anything. Mm-hmm. And would you tell them on a scale of one to 10? Oh gosh. How easy, how easy is it to be a Christian? Oh, it's difficult. It's, it's the most difficult thing I've ever had to do because I have on my mirror right now, love is blind. And 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 8, love is long suffering, love is kind, love envy not, love is not puffed up, love is not easily provoked or self-serving, love is not evil, love rejo- rejoices in truth. It's hard to be spiritual and walk this walk of faith because you have to love people regardless. You have to deal with them in the way that the Lord would. So it's one of the most difficult things to do really is for me. Well, on that, um, on that wise note, I think I will uh, once again thank you uh, so thank much you for, for being uh, on the Church Folk Podcast. I think you have um, shared a lot of wisdom, and I appreciate you uh, your open uh, and honest sharing of your uh, Christian experience. I hope it continues. And um, uh, once again, I, I do appreciate uh, your time, your honesty, your clarity, and your spirituality. So. Um, Thank you may for the having blessings, me. May the blessings continue to my good friend, Renita Naylor. Um, and thanks for being on the Church Folk Podcast. And I want to say, Norman, thank you and blessings to you and the vision that you've been given. Um, I'm praying that it fulfills the needs that um, has been set in your heart. And I just wish that um, more people would be able to give their thoughts and how they believe church is for them. And that maybe through this, that what you're doing, we can improve um, the platform. That would be the best blessing of all. Thank you, Vanita. Well, church folk people, we really enjoyed part two of speaking with Vanita Naylor and her prayer warrior journey and her journey through the state of Georgia on a spiritual level back in 2020. That was just when COVID was breaking out at the very beginning. So interesting to hear the perspective at that time. And since then, she's gone on to do some great things. She is a published author. She has uh, already published one book, but she just finished releasing her second book, her and her daughter, uh, Vanita um, and her daughter, Nicole, Nikita, I'm sorry. have published a book called Speaking in Colors, which is a new way of helping you communicate with people who are difficult to communicate with. If you have trouble communicating and it's uh, something that's standing in the way of your self-confidence, this book has some techniques and has uh, what she calls color frequencies as a way of conveying your uh, emotions, thoughts, and communicating more effectively. So certainly you want to go to jbezenterprisegroup.com forward slash speaking colors and pick that book up. 
and certainly join her conversation. Uh, she's also on Clubhouse, so uh, I believe she's doing weekly weekend meetings on Clubhouse. You certainly want to pop in there and contribute. If you want to contribute to our conversation, you can find us on Instagram at Church Folk Pod, on Twitter at Church Folk Podcast, and Facebook at Church Folk Podcast, on the web at churchfolkpodcast.com. On our website, there's a mic where you can leave a verbal message, or if you would like some audio included uh, for me to address on my podcast, I'll be happy to do that if you leave me a message. So, in the meantime, church folk people, be blessed, do what Jesus would do, and stay safe. God bless you, God love you, and God keep you.